0: Hi, this is Lisa Borders, and this is my podcast, Enlightened. I'm so glad that you decided to join me. There are two types of episodes we'll be sharing here. One is me telling my story from growing up in the civil rights era in Atlanta in the 60s to being president of the WNBA and everything in between. The other type is a conversation with a guest about an enlightened experience in their life. Today, I'll be sharing my story. If you like what you hear here today, subscribe wherever you're listening, leave a five-star review, share it with a friend, and join the enlightened community for bonus episodes and deeper conversations at lisaborders.us. Thanks so much. My mom insisted on making eggs and bacon and toast Clearly a southern breakfast every single day. And I would tell her almost every day, Mom, I hate these eggs. I don't like how they taste. Her response, I don't care what you don't like. This is the food we have. It's good for you. Eat it. I would just be done with that. I'm like, oh my God. God, I hate how this tastes. I don't like how they look. I'm just not going to eat it. And she would say, You know what? You're not getting up from that table until you finish those eggs. I'm like, Okay, well, I'm just going to sit here. Well, I would sit there for like an hour. Those eggs would be ice cold and they would be like rubber. After an hour, They were awful. Mom would go on about her business. She'd be cleaning the house. She'd go to the back of the house. As soon as I realized she was in the back of the house, I would take my plate and I would go in the kitchen and I would scrape those eggs behind the stove. I did this every day for I cannot tell you how long. It must have been months. I have no idea why we didn't have roaches or why we didn't have rats. But when my mother finally figured it out and moved the stove, holy cow, there was a mountain of eggs behind the stove. It was awful. All I could do was laugh, and my mother was so Pissed, she was like, "Why did you put these eggs behind here?" I was like, "I told you I didn't want them," and she was like, "And I told you to eat them." I said, "Well, mom, they're awful." Let me just say, I ultimately won that battle because after she found all those damn eggs behind that stove, she never tried to make me eat another egg for breakfast. For the rest of my life. The first house we lived in was at 490 Peyton Road. That's where I put all those eggs behind the stove. But let me give you some context. Peyton Road was in southwest Atlanta. During the time of the civil rights era in the 1960s, there was a barricade erected across Peyton Road, and it was erected by white people, and it was specifically designed and created to keep black people from moving or driving or walking beyond a certain point on Peyton Road. And so, my mother, native Atlantan that she was, she knew about the Peyton Road barrier, and her greatest wish for her first house was to live on Peyton Road. In her mind, that would mean that she had crossed a threshold that had been previously forbidden. So when that barrier was taken down, that physical barrier across the street was taken down, and laws were passed that said you could no longer prevent people from moving to a particular part of town or in a particular street or house because they were black or because they were not white or whatever other attribute that was not like all the other people. She and my father took that opportunity to buy a house on Peyton Road. And that's where we lived. That was the very first house that daddy bought for the family Not only did he buy that house, he bought land behind the house as well as land beside the house, three acres, nearly three acres beside the house and a half acre behind the house so that he had adequate flexibility to do whatever he wanted to do. Now, I don't remember he and my mother saying, we're going to buy property for the future. I just remember him saying the kids need a place to run around and to play and to enjoy themselves. So he bought the land so we could enjoy ourselves as children. And we loved it. We had a terrific, terrific time there. He worked hard and my mother supported him. And we thought everything was super cool. But what I did notice from time to time is that my father was overbearing. It was his way or no way. He made the money, so he wanted to make what seemed to be all of the decisions. Now, my mother would push back. Glow would say, wait, wait, wait. No, we're not doing that. This is not how we're doing it or what we're doing. And they would have Not spirited debates. There would be full on arguments about how things were going to go. And they were not pretty. They were not pretty. They were often loud. They were often contentious. And Daddy tended to be condescending. And I don't know if he intended that or not, but that's how it sounded to me. And it was a little bit scary. As a little kid, when you see your parents arguing when they normally are not, they normally are getting along just fine and having conversations and day in and day out or rolling sort of routinely. When you see this disruption and it's loud and it's tense, it's scary. And all you want to do is run away or make it stop. And you don't really want to be in that situation anymore. I remember oftentimes he was as sweet as could be, but sometimes when he was talking to my mother, it didn't sound respectful. It didn't sound nice. And when I think of myself growing up in that environment, I remember thinking, I don't want to be reliant on anyone else to provide for me or make sure that I have what I need and what I want. I want to be able to make my own decisions about when I work and how I work and how much I work. Daddy used to tell me, you are black and a woman. You have two strikes against you in life. You will always have to work twice as hard for half the respect. I used to think, how can you say that type of thing to me? What I didn't understand is that he had lived his life in Atlanta, Georgia, just like my mother. And he had experienced the Ku Klux Klan burning across on his father's yard before I was born. That had scared him to death. In fact, he had never gone to this place called Stone Mountain in Atlanta. It was a place that many tourists went to, but he never went as a child, and we were never allowed to go as children because it was the place that the Ku Klux Klan met And that's where the imperial wizard from the Ku Klux Klan was in total charge. So he had some bad, bad, bad memories and uncomfortable experiences that he had had. I didn't get that as a little kid. All I got was that sometimes he seemed mean or angry. And I knew that. He didn't enjoy the best relationship with his father. His father was always working. My paternal grandfather was a pastor, and he had a church to take care of. I did understand that my father's sister was the favorite of my grandfather, and my father never seemed to quite get over that. And we would ask him as little kids, which one is your favorite? Because he would tell us that his sister was my grandfather's favorite. And he would say, I don't have favorites. I love you all the same. That was most of the time. But the times when he reminded me that I wanted to be independent were the times when he and my mother had the greatest tension between them. To this day, I know I hold some of my trust issues close because I experience that type of environment. All right, everyone. If you enjoy the energy we're creating here, subscribe wherever you're listening. Leave a five-star review, share it with a friend, and join the enlightened community for bonus episodes and deeper discussions at lisaborders.us. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next week.